We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a ton of topics to get into today, especially all the stuff going on with John Morant. So we'll dive into that in just a moment. But first, I want to say thank you for everybody who, who joined us last Friday for Front Office Friday. That was a lot of fun. The live show, I think we are going to make that a consistent thing. We haven't settled on exact time just yet. But those of you who popped in and joined the show live, that was a blast. Enjoyed taking all those questions and comments from all of you. Keith, that was just that was a great way, I thought, to finish off the week, just getting to interact directly with the listeners and viewers. Yeah, I loved it. We had a lot of fun, uh, a lot, lot of uh, really good questions that weren't just Celtics or just Lakers. So that was very <laughs> right. nice uh, for, for, for a change for the two of us. And yeah, I mean, some really good uh, kind of thoughtful questions too. And then I think those will continue to do those as, uh, you know, the season wraps up here and especially as we get into, you know, kind of our more of our wheelhouse with uh, the transactional period uh, starting, which is crazy. I would be so over at spot track we're kind of mapping out like the spring and into the summertime it's like we're gonna be there before we know it like it is so oh, yeah. crazy that we're already like approaching the middle of march <laughs> like i just it feels like everything is zipping right by the 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 season the school year for for at least for for our daughter like all that stuff it just feels like we are uh, zooming through this and that's you know I, I i don't i don't even know where the time's going so but i guess that's a good thing right it's you know they always say time flies when you're having fun so it must that's be having right. some fun that's right that's right yeah before we know it we're going to be talking draft we're going to be talking free <laughs> agency and, and all kinds of stuff that's going to be coming and then of course there's that little thing called the playoffs that we yeah, all have yeah. happening recently yeah, the reason these teams presumably play, but uh, right. we'll see. So, yeah, that's part of it. Yep. All right. Well, Keith, let's. I mean, there's no avoiding it. We haven't talked about it yet. Well, we haven't talked about this exact. We talked about an a job Morant situation. Yeah. I believe it was last week. That was a different situation. Now we've got John Morant away from the Memphis Grizzlies uh, for at least two games. I'd imagine it's going to be more. He's missing tonight's game against the Lakers. Already missed uh, the previous game against the Clippers since we recorded last. And this is a mess. I mean, he was on Instagram live uh, holding a gun in a, in a nightclub. Um, oh man. I mean, there's so much to unpack here. I don't, he's, he issued that statement saying he's going to take a step away from the team and get some help and all that. So we don't know if or when John Morant is going to return. I, I guess the, the place to start with this, because I've heard a lot of outpouring from, from players, both current and former players talking about John and hoping he, you know, gets back to, doing what he does and of course that's the way we all feel but what's the nba's perspective on this how is the nba going to treat this 
Yeah, that's what we're kind of now keeping an eye on. I believe it was Mark Stein who noted that the in the CBA, there is language. I think it may have come in after the Gilbert Arena stuff, uh, mm-hmm. which feels like that was a lifetime ago now. But it came through and it, it you know, they, they added language around if you bring a gun onto team premises, whether that be the practice facility, the arena, even the team plane, anything like that, it's an automatic 50-game suspension. So now one part of what the league is looking into is where was the gun? Where did you yeah. get it from? Who had it? It's probably going to be pretty hard to prove unless somebody says, hey, it was with them on the plane or whatever it is. Um, if it is, that's a major problem, right? Because now you're talking a suspension that will not only last the rest of this year, but we'll season. go deep into next season as well. So those are the things that the league is looking into. Obviously, we all hope, like you said, and so many play- players have you know, really spoken really, really well about this is figure it out, man. Like yeah. you've got, there's just way too much to lose for, I don't understand any upside. Like I, I get it. That's not my world, right? Like I, I grew up in a very different world than that. I live in a very different world, but I just, I don't see what the upside is to this sort of behavior um, out of John Moran. I thought Jalen Rose really, you know, was you very did. eloquent of like, yeah. Hey man, I, I lived that life. Like, like actually lived that life. And if you read stuff about Jalen Rose, he was involved multiple times, uh, never doing anything bad. He was usually playing video games and hanging out, but in like crack houses getting busted and things like that. And, and those were just, that was just his life as, as he grew up and he you know explained, he's like this, you don't need to be doing this now. Right. Cause this is not something John Morant did before right before getting to the nba this all seems newer uh to this so yeah it, it is very um disconcerting that we're at this point so i you know hopefully his time away allows him to figure stuff out and then it allows the league to do what they need to do as far as their research and investigations and all that stuff and then we kind of can hopefully come back put this behind us and move forward in a positive way because my fear is it's like i said these guys people start looking for a reason to challenge these guys whether it be basketball players celebrities whoever it is and sometimes then somebody pulls a gun out somewhere and then all of a sudden things could go really sideways. And that's just not where you want to be. You know, that that's nobody wants it to end in a way where, you know, anyone loses life or is injured or, you know, anything like that. So let's, let's, you know, kind of, I would say nip this in the bud, but that's not like, it's already past that. past that point. So let's end it now and get things sorted and figured out as best we can. This is, um, this is terrible for, for a guy who the league was looking at as potentially one of the new faces of the NBA coming up um, to have to deal with, with this situation. Hopefully this is bottom. You know what I mean? Like this is it. And and everything turns around from here because you're right. He's got, there is no upside to it. There's no upside to any of this kind of stuff. The only thing you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to hurt the league. You're going to hurt your own career. You're going to hurt your own financial, your, your uh, ability to earn money because you're going to lose endorsements you're going yeah. to potentially find yourself out of the league if it, if it goes far enough. So all of this kind of stuff, obviously, 
has to stop. And of course, his statement about stepping away and getting some help and all that. Hopefully all of that is is successful and works out. And we all want to see this turn out great for John Moran. He's a, f- a phenomenal talent. It's somebody that we want to see on, on the floor. Um, this whole 50 game suspension thing from, from the NBA. I don't like if it turns out that the gun is his, if it's his gun, how else did it get there? If yeah. he didn't bring it on the, on the team yeah. plate, right? Like, so that's going to be, I think the, the question for the NBA and then how they, how they proceed. Of course, I would expect Ja to say, no, it wasn't on the plane. You'd expect the Grizzlies to say, no, it definitely wasn't on the plane. But if it's his, yeah. like it's, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this unfolds. Um, not obviously not the kind of thing the Grizzlies want to be dealing with. They've had a great season, uh, particularly as we head into the playoffs, and definitely not the kind of thing the NBA wants to have to deal with either. Um, man, I, I just Keith, I just hope that this all turns out that this is this is the low point, and it's all upside from here. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, if this is the bottom, then fine. Right, we we hit a bottom and did not end up in the worst place it could end up, you know, for that. So that's that's just you know, let's let's get it sorted, let's get things figured out, let's get them back on the court, and then let's just play basketball. And that's not to say you can't have outside interest, but let's not have those outside interests, right? Like, let's be be a little bit smarter about the things we're doing moving forward, and maybe the company you keep and those kind of things. We talked about it before. It's hard for guys to cut people off, especially if they're the people who've been with them since way before they were famous and rich and all these other things. But sometimes you just you, you gotta you know, figure that stuff out. He need he needs people in his life that are kind of you know trying to help him versus not necessarily telling him what to do, but just maybe painting the whole picture. Hey man, this is where this can all go sideways. It's and I'm not saying John Moran is anything near this, but do you remember Keith Appling? I don't know if you remember him. Played at Michigan the, State. I remember the played name. In, yeah, played in the NBA for a couple of years. He just went to jail for, um, well, he's found guilty. He will go to prison. The sentence will be between 18 and 40 years for his role in a shooting death of someone. Like, that's, like, the, that's horrible, right? Nobody wants that. Like, let's, you know, let's end this now. It never, ever, ever end up in that kind of place. So the last time we talked about this John Morant, and it was, again, it was a different situation with John Morant. But the last time you and I discussed this, you mentioned the idea of, and this isn't a unique thing, the team assigning someone, hiring someone essentially to go with Ja. If he ever goes out, you, you, you recommended him staying at home for the most part. But if he does go out, someone goes with him, right? He's got, uh, you know, I don't want to say That's he's gonna be a fair minimum. Right, and I don't want to say it's a babysitter or something like that, but again, Ja. But essentially, that's that's kind of the the function. But Ja already had a situation. What was going on here? Was he by him? Did the Grizzlies not do that? Was he by himself? Who was actually with him? Like yeah. those are also things that need to get get looked at here. Well, just the tone deafness too yeah. from his side. You you you've been accused of pulling a gun on someone before. Why are you then taking a picture with a gun? Like what, like, like what, what I would, and it's funny, I'm very slipping into dad mode here, but the question I would ask is what did you have to gain from that? Yeah. What, like, like it's not, cause I don't know him to be John Moran firearm enthusiast, right? I've never noted that about him. Nobody's ever said that. Um, you know, what do you, you 
think it's clout for a bunch of stupid kids to think like, yeah, he's cool. He's got a, he's got a piece, right? Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, that's like, you just were accused of someone, you know, pulling a gun on someone. And now you're basically not only then you, you came out through your reps and denied that ever happened, but then literally days later, you pose with for a picture with a gun. Like that to me says, did, that other thing actually happened? Like, where where are we at with this? Because what I just that's where I would it's I, I again I'm slipping into dad mode here, but it is very much of like, what are you getting out of this? Like, what what was there to gain? What's your benefit here? Because I I'm struggling to find one. When he was on he was on live video, he was on Instagram. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. Um, yeah. anyway, hopefully this all works out for the best for all parties involved, but. Yeah. I'm sure the Grizzlies uh, and, and Ja are going to be, and of course the entire NBA are going to be waiting with a lot of interest to see what it is that comes out of the NBA's investigation because we could be looking at a Grizzly squad that doesn't have Ja Morant for the remainder of the season, for the playoffs, for the, the start of next season, if it turns out that he brought that gun on, on a team plane. And we'll see what happens there. Um, all right, let's jump over to uh, Colin Sexton. It's going to be out about a week. Uh, we just have some injury news here to get into, but Colin Sexton out about a week for with a hamstring strain. The Jazz aren't going to be rushing anybody back from injury at no. this point in the season. Um, right now, we've talked about how insanely compact the West is. There is a four-way tie in <laughs> yeah. the West currently between the Jazz, the Blazers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. All four teams have the exact same record, but the Jazz and the Blazers both have an extremely difficult strength of schedule the rest of the way. Uh, and Utah in particular, we've talked about them. I don't think well, the, the players are always going to play hard, but organizationally, I don't think they would be super disappointed if they dropped out of the play-in mix. Yeah, I'm with you with that. The the Thunder, too, I might as well throw them in that mix because they're only a half game uh, behind. But yeah, it's yes. with, the, with them, too, they openly said the other day, like they brought Shea Gilgis-Alexander back, but then said we're going to be monitoring him the rest of the year. Like, so that to me says like probably not back to backs. If he's feeling anything, you're going to probably sit him out. So with Sexton, part of why they're being very careful is this is a second hamstring strain for him in the opposite leg of his first one. So they're just going to try to be very careful here. Make sure he's, he's good. I don't know that people realize how good Colin Sexton has been. If Utah had stayed in that above 500 pushing for a top six seed kind of realm all season long. He would have been getting serious sixth man of the year uh, pub because he's averaging almost, it was like 14 something points per game, shooting 51% from the field in almost 52% and 41% from three uh, this year. So he's, he's been really, really, really good. And now he's starting because after trading Mike Conley, he stepped into it's kind of more just they have guards with him and Jordan Clarkson. Neither one's like a point guard. They both kind of share the ball handling duties and do that stuff. But he stepped into the starting role uh, right now. Your 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 guy, uh, Horton Tucker, is out there starting right now uh, with Sexton out. But yeah, I, the Jazz are going to be very careful with him. My guess is we 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 do see him again, but it's going to be. Probably limited, probably not necessarily back-to-backs the rest of the way. And again, if he's feeling anything, it's going to be time, time to sit him. I think by the time we get to the last couple of weeks of the season, that's going to be a three-team like battle there for, uh, yeah, between New Orleans, uh, the Lakers, and the, the Trailblazers. 
I'm I think it's going to be OKC in there. Could be. Because o- I, OKC has one of the easiest strengths of schedules to finish the the season, and the Blazers yeah. have the second most difficult. But I think I think organizationally, the Blazers are going to be putting their foot on the gas pedal and doing what they can to try to win games, whereas OKC probably not. So that that I think is a factor too. Yeah, I I, I would tend to agree with you if I didn't think OKC was just heading in the just openly coming out and saying we're going to monitor Jay Gilgis Alexander the rest of the way. Sure. That to me says we're probably there. And I think what's important too is no, none of these teams are going to be anywhere close to the Rockets, Spurs, Pistons, and even the Hornets. Um, none of them are going to get down that low, but you're talking, and it's probably not even Orlando, right? So you're talking being somewhere in the range of sixth, your best lottery odds. Now that's still a pretty good spot to be in, right? You, you know, this is considered to be a fairly deep draft in the top 10 ish uh, with, with pretty good players that should be impact guys uh, in, in the league. So I think that's, um, you know, really important here to, you know, just even if it's not all about one Binyama for these guys, because it probably isn't, it's still about, Hey, let's put ourselves as high as we can get in, in this whole run. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Colin Sexton, you know what, Kate, there's a reason why you and I liked him a lot. Uh, when we were, you and I were both advocating for the Cavs to get something done with him when it didn't when the, the whole Donovan Mitchell thing, like wasn't even being mentioned. It wasn't, it wasn't even in our consciousness at that point. Um, I, I recall both of us advocating for the Cavs getting something done with Colin Sexton and finding a deal because of exactly what you talked about his efficiency. He scores a lot of points. And he does it very efficiently. That doesn't mean he's a you know great defensive player or something, or he's this this guy that's going to lead your team to a championship. But it's not easy to find guys who take the kind of shots that he takes and makes them at a high percentage. And he does. So uh, this is, I think, a piece for the Jazz moving forward. But ultimately, yeah, they're they're as a team, I, I would be surprised if they don't uh, slide a bit here in the standings. Yeah, I just I very much try to tell people there's a difference between empty stats on a bad team, which that's what Colin Sexton repeatedly got accused of. Mm -hmm. That's a guy who averages 25, but shoots 42%. Right. And then what you have to decide is, all right, is that 42% because he's just not a good shooter and he's inefficient or is it because he's having to take really tough shots all the time? And that's where, you know, that's where you trust your scouts and your, your uh, personnel evaluators for, but with a guy like Sexton, it was, he was averaging 20 plus points per game on really good efficient shooting numbers. So yeah. Is he a point guard? Probably not. You know, is he point guard size? Yeah. Is he a good defender? Yeah. That's questionable. I think he mm-hmm. can be when he wants to be, but he's a really good scorer. And that's still, it's funny how scoring has like become like the thing. It feels like in the NBA, that's like, it doesn't really matter anymore. And like, yeah, now we're seeing like teams score you know, record numbers, every single night that, that Philly Indiana game last night was just unbelievable. You know, what was it? 290 total points or whatever it was like, you now that's just, that's kind of where the game is right now. Yeah. Tons of, tons of points being, so you know what, let me, it's not on our topics, but let me ask you this. Why? Why, why is, is going up? why is scoring going berserk this year? Somebody was asking me this the other day, and I mentioned the elimination of the take foul rule, and or the creation of the take foul rule, um, which has allowed for more fast breaks, and so I think that's helped things. But I don't feel like that can fully explain this massive surge in in scoring, as well as how many huge comebacks are we seeing right now? Like 
it feels like unless there's two minutes left and you're up 20, no lead is safe in the NBA at this point. Why this season? Why is this all happening? Yeah, I think so two different things. The comeback one, I think, is just is is I think teams shoot more threes than ever yeah. now, and they shoot them better. Um, and that's why no, like you said, no lead is safe. It's you know, you can be up 15 and you know, within the span of five minutes, the game is tied. And that's just, you know, kind of how it goes. It might not even take five, it might take three minutes yep. just with, with the way teams play. I think why the scoring is up for both individuals and teams, I think it's a combination of even the teams that are ranked low in pace right now would be, still be playing at a super high pace for compared to even five, six years ago. So that's factor one. The lack of take fouls, I think that helps, but I don't know that that adds more than a couple points per game. Uh, I think the main reason that we are seeing scoring up is we have finally hit the kind of perfect intersection of players plus analytics, where analytics tell a player, not only does it tell them don't shoot mid-rangers, it's don't shoot mid-rangers off the dribble on the left-hand side of the floor with under 10 seconds on the shot clock, right? And they, they drill that into these guys. And some of these guys get that drilled into them from the time they're 15 and 16 years old. So it's, they take better shots. And then the player part of it is, I know people hate this when I say this, they're just better. The players are just better. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they're more talented, and they're more skilled than they've ever been. And what happens in, in this is, you put them in these positions. Kevin Durant is a perfect example to me of where the basketball has changed as a game. He doesn't like to be called a seven-footer, but we all know he's seven feet tall. Yeah, He is a scoring machine, whereas if he came in, like when you and I were growing up, it would have been maybe he might have played power forward. If not, you need to bulk up and be a center, develop a back-to-the-basket game, and occasionally we'll let you shoot a jump shot if it's wide open. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And that's just not how it works anymore. Now, I mean, people who have, if, you, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen Victor Wimbanyama. If you have not, just when you're done watching this video, go up to the search and just type in Wimbanyama highlights and it will pull up. And you're going to be like, what, what is, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Right. This right. dude is seven foot four. And he's shooting off the dribble, pull up threes from 35 feet away. You know, sometimes one legged running three pointers and they're not bad shots. And now what we've had is this combination of the players are better. And now they know what shots to take and when to take them, 
where to take them from, all those sorts of things. It's just that's to me, it's added to this thing. You also have the league has emphasized offense over defense over the last several years sure. with a lot of their different rule. I don't want to say rule changes, but rule rules of emphasis and points of emphasis and those kind of things. So you've got a lot of that going on. But yeah, it's just it's just where the game is at today. You know, and it's gonna we will have a cycle where somebody, some genius will come along and figure out this is how we defend better. And then it'll be we'll go through a cycle of it'll come down a little and then we'll we'll sort back into all right, it'll come back, you know, offense. Offense is almost always ahead of defense uh in the NBA level. And that's just you know where it's going now. It's just, you know, and I, I don't even necessarily think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, this is this is made for some really enjoyable basketball. I know there have been a lot of fans who have been saying, Well, you know, I don't I miss defense being played and I get frustrated like me, but one of my pet peeves is small guard drives into the paint and hurls themselves into the closest player and gets, and gets a foul call, right? Like that's, that kind of stuff happens in the NBA. So there's, there's good and bad with it, but in general, the skill level is just so, so high. This is why when people say compare, you know, what would this player be back in the eighties or what would a player from the eighties be now, or even the nineties, or I mean, hell, even the early, go look at a game from 2002 it almost looks like a different sport yep. that's being played out there. So um Mike Prada saying, does does great work with that. He's got uh he did a whole it's like basically a basketball picture book, and yeah. it's just a bunch of different stuff. And one of the things he highlighted was I want to say it was like Lakers, it might even been that Lakers Kings series. And it's like you're watching it, and it's like how did anyone ever score in the paint? Because <laughs> because it's 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 seven dudes all you know crowded around the rim, compared to now like you you're you might have one guy in the paint and he's passing through, right? Like he's yeah. cutting through to the other side. It's it just, yeah it is just it's a completely different game. I believe great players would be great players in any era, whether it be Russell or Chamberlain or Bird or Magic or Kobe. Those guys are going to be great no matter where you put them because they'd figure out a way to be great because that's why they're great players. But, yeah, some of the guys who, like, we grew up watching, like, yeah, there just wouldn't be a place for them in, in the game the way it's played today. Like, it just it wouldn't exist because they, they they just wouldn't have it, right? Like, where, you know, some of these other guys, it would it would look different. Like, like people always say, you know, Bird only shot, you know, X percent from three, and it seems like it should be higher. Well, the reality is, he only shot that because it wasn't an emphasis shot for him. Exactly. He came in the league. Now he'd take not he'd take nine or ten threes a game after taking you know thousands of them every summer, and he'd be a forty five percent three point shooter, and he'd be awesome. You know, people people will say like, well, you know, would Magic still be good? Magic playing at this pace now, he'd be unbelievable. He'd be ripping and running off the boards. He, I wouldn't shock me if you drop Magic Johnson in today's game. I think he could average 15 or 16 assists. Because the other thing is, he'd kick passes out. Guys would actually make shots instead of, you know, every other one he kick out pass was clanked off the rim because that's just kind of how the game was played back then. Well, and th that's where people say, well, oh, you know, this player X could never play today because he can't shoot. Well, it depends. Are you just going? Are you just getting in the DeLorean, grabbing the player, and bringing him back to today, and throwing him on the floor, or are we assuming that player X comes up in today's NBA world? Like people look at Lamar Odom and say, "Oh my God, how good would Lamar Odom have been if he was playing in today's NBA?" And he wasn't even—he's he, not even out of the league all that long. But put him in today's NBA, man, he would really be great. 
oh, but wait, he didn't shoot the shoot the three all that well. Well, you know what? Put him one generation later, and he's practicing threes a lot more That's than it. he did yep. prior. You know that it changes so much. Um, or conversely, you know, oh, teams today they they don't protect the rim the way they used to. Well, you know what? If you had to, if you were worried about Shaq every single night you'd get a lot better at your, at your post exactly. defense and, and post entry passes. People are saying that's a lost oh, art. Well, that part is, of that is that, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But part of but that it's is because nobody rules. posts up. Exactly. Well, and, and, and teams are now able to scheme out post entry passes a little bit, not quite to the same degree. It used to be just kicked to sure. the wing and entry pass to the post. But if you had like a, a shack who was just going to get fed the ball in the post all the time, there's some great centers in the NBA right now, but, uh, Obviously, the the post entry passes would look better. It just depends on what era you're in, and so that's what to me makes it hard to genuinely compare players across eras. Yeah, it is just yeah, it's a very different game. I mean, Wilt and Russell played in a league where you took five. The way you scored was take five million shots per game. Like that was just because nobody could actually shoot, right? Because it was it was pretty much take layups. Like jump shots were. You know, all right, well, you took them, but you only took them when you couldn't get a layup and those kind of things. And it's just, a, yeah, it's just the, the game has changed. It's it's like it, I look at it as for some reason it's very accepted. It feels like in football that like it's just teams pass more now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just everybody's like, man, it is what it is. And it's like, well, basketball's kind of got the same way, right? It's not, it's not that they pass more, but they shoot from the outside more, which is kind of the equivalent to me of the passing game in the NFL game. So that turns into, all right, you know, guys are shooting more from the outside. So it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things, right? And I don't know that, well, I'm not going to say that. I think it's better today. I was going to say, I don't know that one's better than the others because I've watched like in the summertime, I'll throw on like those classic NBA games when they're on NBA TV. And there's sometimes I'm like one, I'm first. I'm like, this is what I grew up watching. Like this is even in high definition. Like it looks like complete garbage. (laughs) And then, so, so you get past that and then it's like, God, this basketball is just so bad. (laughs) Like It's so bad. Last summer they replayed the Knicks Rockets finals. And it was like, I don't even know. There was plays where like it was Kenny Smith and Charlie Ward were like the two guys like outside or probably not Charlie. Ward. Yeah. It was probably, it might've been Charlie Ward. I don't and everybody know. else is in the paint. Yeah. Everyone and else. Both is teams. Like, yeah. No, not only the inside the arc, they're like in the paint, but like, yeah. it's, you know, and it's like, how did Ewing and Olajuwon ever score? Right. Like, right. you know, it's just, yeah, those, those are the things, but yeah, that's, it's funny. Now I'm thinking about like 30 minutes ago, you and I were like, Oh, we got a pretty light show. We don't have much to talk. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then I, I went down the rabbit hole of that's why it. is it wasn't me up time. in the NBA and that's, and that led us, <laughs> led us to where we're at now, but we do have a, a few more news items to get into. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we'll do that, especially maybe I was just trying to avoid this one because it's so awful, but um, Brandon yeah. Clark torn Achilles um, another hit here for the Memphis Grizzlies we're already dealing with no Steven Adams, although he's getting close to a return, but Brandon Clark torn Achilles and he is out for the season. Um, and, and I would imagine probably not ready for next season. That's it. It's definitely going to drag into next year. I yeah. would, I, I mean, so this happened, let's just say beginning of March, Achilles is usually a one year return. So sometimes guys will be on the front end of that, but I'm guessing we don't see him much before the first of the year at the earliest. Yeah. Uh, next season and that's tough i mean good for him that he got his contract right and he's taken care of but 
rough for the Grizzlies, not only the rest of this year, because the Grizzlies were basically set with their front court rotation. They played Adams and Jackson as the starters, Clark and Aldama as the two backups, and that was it, right? We had our four guys, and they all play, and they all play plenty, and off we go. And now you're having to get into some different stuff. Adams will be back, but now you're going to have to figure figure some stuff out. And there's not really another Brandon Clark option. And he kind of was like their pseudo Jackson, which, right, I think we're yep. both big, big uh, uh, Triple J fans. But the he still fouls way too much. Like it's like in the ones that kill me are the ones that are 45 feet from the basket for no yep. reason where it's like, what are you doing? Like what was he's, he's been a bit know? better about it he's this been season. I don't for sure. I don't right. recall. I'd have to go and look at. This. I, who knows? Maybe statistically, he's right where he was. But it feels like the silly fouls have been cut down upon. No, that's definitely true. They're not like they were. They tend to pop up now in like the bad moments, like yeah. against the best teams. And he's 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 the last two years he's come down. He's averaged three and a half fouls per game okay. the last couple of years. So not. Yeah, where it was like four. And if you're just for for perspective for anybody, once you start approaching four or more fouls per you're a foul machine. Like yeah. that basically and, says, and you're losing minutes because of it. Exactly. You you're not you're never gonna be a 30 plus minute per game player because you can't stay on the court long enough to do that. So the Grizzlies, though, as a whole, so related to this and the John Moran situation and all that, they are now only a half game ahead of the Sacramento Kings yeah. for the two seed in the conference. The Kings are closer to the Grizzlies than they are to the Phoenix Suns in fourth place. So Kings getting a top four seed, I'm not going to call it a lock by any means, but it's looking pretty good. They're four and a half games ahead of the Golden State Warriors who are in fifth. So they're in pretty good shape here, uh, you know, moving this thing forward. And that's, Yo, if you're Memphis now, now you're in a fight, right? Because I don't know, I don't know that they'd be scared of going to Sacramento. I don't want to say that. And in that also, you know, assumes the Kings make it into the second round. As an aside, if the Kings are hosting game one of a playoff series, it's gonna be not only must-watch TV, it's gonna be must go if you're able. Because that crowd is gonna be, they're gonna be beyond bananas. Like, I don't even know what they're going to be, right? That was, I think people have forgotten because we haven't seen them there in, what, 16 years. That was one of the best crowds in the NBA um, in the playoffs for years um, when that team was good. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what that looks like. But, yeah, Memphis, you got to, they got to get this stuff sorted here and sorted out pretty quickly because it's all of a sudden what looked like a really promising season where maybe it was like, Oh, they're kind of a sneaky finals team. Like it's that, that, that doesn't look like I'm not feeling that way about them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they beat, you know, the Pelicans obviously without Zion, but they beat the Pelicans last night without De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. which was, which was impressive. Kings. They were able to step up and get that one. Yeah. Kings. Kings sorry. Pelicans, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the Kings were just yeah. talking about how good they, they can be. Yeah. Oh, um, man, they're, they're so fun. How about though? Harrison Barnes getting a technical fall. It, this is, I'll do my quick aside now. That's not on the show rundown. The officiating in last night's games across the board was atrocious. Yeah. It was it was awful in the Boston-Cleveland game. There were multiple phantom calls both ways. You know, really bad stuff. That the end of that Toronto-Denver game was an absolute just Scott Foster 
disaster class of overreacting and throwing Scotty. Scotty Barnes said, yeah, what was that all about? Players backed him up on both teams that Barnes wasn't even talking. He was talking to himself and Scott Foster threw him out. Um, you had the Harrison Barnes getting a T, which like that's third time in his entire career. He's gotten a technical foul. Like, I, I don't know, man. It was just it, the Indiana uh, Philly game had a ton of like really kind of ridiculous calls. So it's just, get, let's get this fixed. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't expect perfection out of the officials. What I can't do is when they make it about them. Like yeah. no one, no one wants to watch you do anything. Like just call the game. Like that's it. You're not, you're not part of this like entertainment run at all for anybody watching. Um, Sorry, I'm just checking something here. Mark uh, Mark Stein yeah. saying that a firearm on team premises is indeed a violation of NBA rules, but there are no specific sp okay. uh, suspension length. So it might not be a, sorry, this is obviously back to our previous topic. Yeah. It may not end up being 50 game suspension. Like he was previously reporting. Yeah. So still could be a suspension. My guess is they're going to kind of let, uh, this play out, see how long John Morant stays away. And then the NBA may come in and say, you know, we're going to throw a game on top of that. Just, just because like, it's, this was bad. Like, and then mm -hmm. we'll go from there. So yeah, prob probably not going to be a major suspension coming. So. Okay. Um, let's do a couple of additions here. Goran Dragic to the Bucks. He did not look like he had a ton left in Chicago, but you, you don't need him to do as much with Milwaukee as they maybe needed it in Chicago. But interesting, I thought, that Chicago missing Lonzo Ball, you would think Goran Dragic would have been kind of the guy to maybe step up, but at least maybe not start, but still have a bigger role. And instead, they made the decision that Patrick Beverly was the, the better option for them moving forward. Doesn't give you a lot of faith that, that Dragic is going to be able to step into Milwaukee and be a, uh, be a significant addition. I already can see there's going to be a box playoff game, if not games, where Goran Dragic is playing minutes over uh, Javon Carter and the box fans are collectively losing their minds. Yeah. Much like George Hill played over Javon Carter at points last year. I don't, it, this one is, it's fine. Like, I don't have any issue with this. They had two open roster oh, spots. Yeah. It seems like I'm going to guess Myers Leonard may have earned himself that other open roster spot, like he's, he's done well for them with what they needed him to do. Uh, the box isn't aside. They're basically uh, good. Looks like attempting to punt the game uh, in Orlando today. Uh, uh, Drew holiday and Giannis are both going to be out uh, tonight. Giannis non COVID in illness uh, holiday neck soreness. So we'll see what that looks like um, with, with that. But yeah, it's, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, that's fine. I mean, if they want to, throwaway game that's not the end of the world for them but Dragic I, I don't know I I didn't really see a huge need here for this so this is it probably hurt but no it certainly doesn't hurt but gives us gives them a little bit of depth maybe lets him catch on for a ring so if so good you know let's you know I mean good way for him to probably cap off his career I'm guessing this is probably it for him we'll, we'll see yeah. but I don't know 
Right. I mean, a great career for a guy who for a little while was just Steve Nash's backup and then and then kind yeah. of really came into his own. Remember that Suns team that like almost made the playoffs when like they were universally yep. picked and they missed with like 49 wins or something. Yep. Like back when the conferences were insanely unbalanced. Um, yeah. And he made all NBA or uh, yeah, he was all NBA third team, I think, that year, despite not very being good. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous yep. player. Um, this is doesn't happen all the time, but we have a player coming in from an outside league from the NBL in, in Australia, yeah. Xavier Cooks, heading to the Washington Wizards. Um, Washington, we mentioned we talked about them just the other day when they added Jay Huff. Now adding uh, Xavier Cooks to, to the mix. What are your thoughts on on this addition and just players coming in this time of year from overseas in general? Yeah, when we have seen this, it's historically been players come from China because China's season wraps up early. Uh, So does the NBL season. So this will be when the NBL season wraps up. That's more going to be later this month in March. Um, Xavier Cooks will join the Wizards. He's signing on a two-year deal uh, with Washington. So they're bringing him in for the look a little bit for the rest of this year, but then going to keep him on the roster um, through then. Uh, If you're not familiar with cooks, he is 27 years old. He is a native Australian. Um, He is six foot eight. So he's got good size on the wing. Uh, They played four years at Winthrop. Um, That's when Winthrop was making some noise in uh, college basketball. Uh, A few years ago, he he was a part of those teams. He was a very good player as a senior, averaged 17 points, um, almost nine rebounds per game, 3.6 assists, which in college is a pretty healthy number, a steal and two blocks per game in his senior year. So now that was a while ago. So what's he been doing lately? Well, he's played in Germany. He's played in Sydney, um, Australia this year in 34 games. Uh, he's playing about 26 minutes per game. Again, playing time's not the same in these overseas leagues as in mm-hmm. the NBA, but 15 points per game on 57% shooting. Uh, doesn't really shoot three-pointers. So he takes about one per game. Not not a very good uh, three-point shooter. Not a great free-throw shooter either, despite the fact that he gets there quite a bit. But super athletic, seven, almost eight rebounds per game. Good passer, 3.6 assists per game again. Um, So all really solid stuff. And this is a guy who projects to maybe could be a rotation guy. And if you're Washington, why not, right? We have the open roster spot. Let's bring him in. Let's see what it looks like. And let's go from there um, with with this. So I think, um, you know, in this case with Xavier Cooks, uh, I I love this kind of deal for for the Wizards who are kind of at the point in their franchise arc of, it's kind of mine for gold somewhere, right? And see if we can, you know, return return a, a gold nugget here and kind of kind of push it forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, might as well go ahead and take take chances like this. And if it can bleed into next season, you get somebody who can help you out. Great. Why not give it a shot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough tough kid too. Super athletic. Like I think people will be when they see him, they're gonna be like, oh, this guy pops like off the page. Like he's you know really athletic player. So we'll, we'll see. All right. Well, what was going to be our short show wound up being our longer show, which tends to be the case. That's what we usually do. But thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show over on YouTube. Love all the interaction that we're seeing on the YouTube channel. Make sure that you turn on those notifications as well. And then over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, subscribe there, and you can take us with you wherever you go. Until next time, everybody. See you and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.